This is Mac Chapman, former defensive lineman, but more importantly, a long snapper for your York Lions, and you're listening to At The 55. Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. This is now episode five of the Life After Football series. And joining us today, it's the first appearance of a York Lion since the York Lions episode of the off-season walkthrough tour, which didn't make its way up onto Spotify and all our platforms for reasons we don't need to get into, but... Nonetheless, we'll make sure to keep everything, uh, you know, keep everything safe on this one. Won't say anything to ruffle any feathers. Mac Chapman, how you doing today, man? Uh, doing good, Zach. Man, you? Just, uh... Doing well. Doing good, doing good. Uh, you know, as we've been doing with all these interviews since quarantine, everything like that, how have, how have you been doing, your family, everyone you're close with, everyone staying safe and healthy? Yeah, everybody's been staying safe. You know, most of us have been working through this. Uh, myself, I've been working, like I just came back from a night shift, so this is kind of... Might be a bit tired, but uh, kind of powering through. But nonetheless, uh, family's all safe. You know, we've kind of been dealing with the pandemic in our own ways. You know, family's been rel- mostly relatively safe, so we've been been doing all right. <laughs> well, yeah, that's number one. So that's great to hear. Uh, real quick, so where are you working night shifts? What are you doing these days with that? Uh, I was mainly doing security. Uh, pro tip for anybody listening, security is a great job. If you're a football player, get to do your studying. So, <laughs> Oh, for sure. No, I mean, I, I did the the classic. I, I mean – if you believe it, I played offensive linemen some 70, 80 pounds ago at Guelph. Uh, and like all of the linemen, you know, you go to the student bars and everything like that. And it's a good way to earn a couple bucks, oh, yeah. uh, you know, while, uh, you know, while uh, killing yourself playing football and in school. Oh, yeah. um, so we'll get into the life after and sort of everything you got going on and just how you've uh, dealt with just leaving football. Um, but we'll talk a little bit about uh, your career playing at York and uh, the journey you had because uh, you know, I don't know all the details, but from what I've pieced together, a bit of an interesting story. Um, so you start up at York back in 2013, and you're there for a couple of years, and then you, you take a bit of a hiatus. You end up playing with the Sooners for, I think it was just one year, right? Uh, two years. Two years. Two years. Two years. Year and right. a half, okay. technically, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> with the Sooners for a year and a half, then you wind up back with the York Lions, where you end up finishing your career. Um, what was that journey like? What was the you know, what was the reasoning for you taking the time away from York and how was it transitioning going from um, OUA to CJFL back into OUA? It certainly was like a big learning experience for myself, you know, obviously like, uh, like ever since I started, I started playing football when I was 10 years old and, you know, getting into uh, getting more serious about it. Uh, you know, I started as fast offensive line myself and I was getting pretty good at it. Some coaches that come by for clinics suggesting, Hey, you should try university football. And that's something I, always wanted to do as a kid growing up playing uh playing through it because I fell in love with the game like immediately like it immediately was it was a duck to water it was awesome and then uh so yeah I eventually like got to a point you know I played for them I played for like I'm from the Ottawa area so I ended up playing for Myers uh, again I'm getting recruited by a few teams you know the main two were between Carlton and York because uh, Carlton at the time was starting out the program uh and you know had some discussion with their coach and then York came in at the same time you know uh, both kind of came in with plans. I, I appreciate York seemed to have a lot more set up plan for myself than Carlton at the time. Carlton was mainly just starting up. So they're still trying to figure out things for themselves while York seemed to have a good plan for me. And also like the fact that long snap. So there's also that. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, my first couple of years at York, you know, um, you know, 2013, I get in there, redshirt my first year, only got to play one game, uh, you know, kind of had a lot of kids. I came in as a linebacker first off, uh, had a you know obviously had a lot of camp battles a lot of freshmen coming in and then uh 
you know, times to be discouraged, sometimes to be encouraged. Uh, everybody said, just keep working on the snapping though. Cause that's how I'm going to go on the field. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's kind of mainly what I worked on, but, uh, at the same time, wanted to get more involved in the defense, you know, my freshman year, I was had the very rare opportunity of, you know, traveling with the team on the road, you know, taking notes down, you know, um, working with the coordinators, taking down play notes for film and all that for review and everything like that. So I had a very rare opportunity with that, uh, and, you know, wanted to get more involved in the defense. So I ended up switching positions my second year to defensive line while also long snapping. And then, uh, you know, that's 2014 year. Uh, if anybody knows the history of York, uh, that year we went 0-8. You know, we ended up losing a ton of players. Uh, we didn't score off as a touchdown until our seventh game. Um, yeah, it was it was a, certainly a struggle. But uh, <laughs> obviously uh, it kind of led to a lot of things, you know, personally wise, you know, I let a lot of things slide. Um, kind of got really discouraged and started to really kind of personal wise. I like kind of really got discouraged. You know, I didn't, not that I always come from winning progress. I always come from Myers, but like when I was growing up, I'm used to those character building teams and all that. But uh, I don't know that, that year at York, it really just, it's, even though I'm, I was mainly just a long snapper and a backup defensive lineman, you know, I kind of took it hard and uh, wasn't really sure. and was a little too proud to ask for help in certain cases. And uh, yeah it's let's it kind of snowballed into effect where you know ended up you know missing more classes than I should have missed or not getting paperwork in that I should have got in and ended up like having a lot of issues with student loans having some issues with grades and then it kind of manifested itself into me having to leave school and you know in a way I kind of felt I failed uh because you know and it kind of started my I, I kind of like to say like this is a life after football podcast like we're looking at life after football I kind of had a life after football after that year, because I wasn't really thinking about it too much. Uh, kind of was almost kind of at an arm's distance. And then, uh, but it's still back in my head. You always wanted to come back. There was always something down deep inside me that has a little passion for the game. So there was that. Uh, one of my friends found me one day when I was working uh, at the gym, one, uh, at a gym one day. And it's like, I want you to come try out for Sooners. That kind of reignited my passion. They were halfway through the year, I ended up playing for them. Uh, obviously OFC is much different than OUA, uh, going against guys that are getting drafted to guys, uh, you know, still playing, you know, not, not, no disrespect to the OFC. Some guys still get picked up, but, uh, the talent there is much, much different. So it's much, uh, so it's took some adjusting, but I refound my passion in the game, you know, and, uh, ended up coming back to York in 2017 by an absolute, like, uh, just working my tail off, you know, convincing the coaching staff, like I've learned my lesson. I've taken things seriously. Like, uh, you know, I'm not, I learned not to be afraid to ask for help when I needed it. And, uh, it, it led to me, you know, finishing off my career at York, which, uh, you know, I think even though we weren't successful, it was very fulfilling in a way and like kind of very kind of nice way to cap off, uh, my, a good way to cap off my career in a way and gave me some closure in, uh, in a lot of ways, cause rather than, you know, just after the first time, just giving up and, uh, you know, calling it a day there. So, yeah. Well, I mean, thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, that's obviously a very personal story, very, uh, very intimate journey that you had to kind of go on with yourself and kind of have a bit of that self-discovery uh, throughout that process. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting doing these interviews because it's it's nice getting the the perspective of, you know, from the off-season walkthrough tour interviews we did and some of the other interviews we did with this, guys who were, you know, day one, the top recruits you know, guys that were just meant to be stars from the day they walked into a football locker room to guys like actually Dakota and myself, whose football journeys were a little bit more off the, you know, 
uh, more on the beaten or off the beaten trail or, or whatever that expression is. And so it's really great to get both both sides of the story in that. Um, so funny enough, you know, the you are now the only the second you know, true special teamer that we've had on with you being the long snapper, the yeah. first being your, uh, I don't know. Is it, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, what's the, what's that, that relationship called? I know in, in baseball, uh, the pitcher catcher, it's like, that's the battery team. Is there, is there a name for that for a I mean, long yeah, snapper? I guess, kicker? I guess I mean, just punter kicker, punter snapper sort of deal. You know, yeah. we we're the only two pure specialists out of our group. Our special meetings were very small, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, was, you know, obviously Dante and I had a very good relate working relationship even beforehand. Uh, when we had Nick Naylor at York, we had a really good relationship ourselves. Uh, I think to be really successful as a specialist, you really need to have that strong relationship between the two of you. You obviously can't have any conflict or like, like teamwork makes a dream work. You know, Dante's been, a, was a, had a phenomenal year punting, even though he had some injury problems last year and, uh, you know, obviously excited to see how he finished his career. And yeah, I think, yeah, it's all like we just didn't have that good relationship. Uh, I, I honestly we didn't have come up really a name. We did the wolf pack thing, like uh, <laughs> after we kicked. That's about it. <laughs> well, and and so we kind of talked to Dante about this as well. It kind of teased him a bit, but you know there is kind of these different, you know, there's certain stigma in football around you know whether it's the kicker or or long snapper, certain positions just uh, across the field. Uh, you know, your experience playing long as a long snapper, it's one of those positions which similar with offensive line, which you said was kind of your your break into the sport where you don't necessarily get credit all the time, but people sure notice it if you screw up. Oh, yeah. So talk a little bit about just, especially at the university level or at your time with Sooners, what that's like as a long snapper. I mean, I snapped a bit myself playing high school and uh, you know summer football as well. But at, at that level, what, what type of attitude is there on the team? What type of attitude do you have to take on personally? Um, it's sort of like you got to really put your ego aside like to really become successful like i'm i'm a very much perfectionist when it comes to it like mainly the snap especially like, i gotta make sure it's in the right spot and everything like that you got, i'm almost neurotic to a point uh it's like it's to a point like oh if it's a little bit off it's like dante's like ah, oh, it's fine snap don't worry but it's like i, I it, was, it was on your other hip dude it's like come on <laughs> quit lying but anyway so it's like i guess at different levels growing up uh some teams obviously didn't didn't really I want to, I don't want to say didn't care, but they just wanted a kid to get the ball back. Usually it's just reserved to whatever team center is like, you know, growing up for Myers, I never snapped for them ever. Um, but like usually had just the off, like whoever the starting center was do it. Um, I think my second year at Sooners, it was more guys they knew, even though the punters all agreed, like wanted me to do it more than them. But anyway, uh, but at York, it's like, uh, you obviously don't get the recognition. The hardest, I think I joke around a lot. The hardest part of being a long snapper is if you're hanging out with the boys at a party or something like that, and you see a group of girls trying to explain what the position is, <laughs> especially in Canada. Cause like in the States, you know, like in the NCAA, you play NCAA, you're a long snapper of the team. You're in Texas and like the SEC conferences, you maybe, they maybe know what that means. But in, in Toronto of all places, you say long snapper and they're like, what, what does that even mean? Like, like, what are you a center? Like a actual, like you're just trying to be a fancy center or something like that. It's like, that's about it. So uh, you really got to put, especially I think in Canadian football, you really got to put your ego in check. Uh, and de- like for myself, I demanded a lot of perfection. Um, obviously I worked on my craft a lot. Uh, not many people in Canada teach, I guess the proper way of long snapping. There's a, there's a lot of different techniques out there. Um, a lot then growing up usually it's just the guy who can get the ball back there who guy can get hit to get his head between his legs or something like that um but uh yeah it's uh where am i going with this but anyway it's like it takes a lot of practice it takes 
a lot of dedication and like uh, I think even myself for a while, I kind of was looking to play more defensive before, but then realized my value was as more of a long snapper on the team than uh, as a, as a backup linebacker or something like that, or some uh, more of that. I mean, well, I mean, it's, it's definitely an underrated skill. And I did, like I said, I snapped a little bit in my career playing football, but it's underrated skill, you know, not just in terms of what it actually takes to, and, and you, on your level of not just getting the ball back there, but in the right time, on the right hip. I'm yeah. sure you, you've got it down with the laces and everything like that. But as yeah. well, anytime there's a pressure kick, everyone always says, well, the pressure's really on the kicker now to make this. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's also on the damn guy to snap it back there and the holder Snapper, to make holder. sure it's... Yeah, it's <laughs> like... Uh, it's. The kicker's just looking down. Let's, <laughs> it's just a simple shot. But, yeah, uh, obviously there's pressure on him. But the snapper, I got my head between my legs. I'm just waiting for the damn signal for the holder. Hopefully he's not shaking. It's like, okay, that's, that's about it. But, yeah, all three parts of the operation obviously have a lot of pressure. But, uh, yeah, usually, usually, like myself, usually have a 300-pound guy over top of me waiting to knock me down. So <laughs> You must have been uh, overjoyed when they changed the rules, you know, when all of a sudden every I, single ref's out there, don't touch the snapper, don't touch the snapper. I actually never got that call. Oh. I kind of I got involved in the blocking a little too early. I think there's one game <laughs> against Windsor in 2017 where I kept getting knocked down, but the ref kept saying I was getting engaged in the block. So, yeah, uh, I tried. I tried getting that call. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyway. So, kind of now having a sense of, of your journey through York and, and going to Sooners, coming back to York, and, uh, you know, we're now kind of getting into the life after. Um, but before we really talk about sort of what you've got going on now, if you were to sort of look back on your time at York, obviously you kind of highlight a few things that maybe you wish you did differently or things you just felt could have gone better for yourself. And obviously at the end of the day, it's all learning opportunities. So, you know, whether it was, you know, quote unquote, good or bad things we can grow from. Right. But if you were going back to your 2013, 2014 self and being able to give him a bit of advice and it doesn't have to be world changing advice in terms of like, uh, you know, you have to get 90s in all your classes and you have to, you know, just, just a, even just a small bit of advice, something that you think would have been profound for you hearing back then to be able to really help yourself um, just take that next step forward. What do you think that would have been? Uh, I think probably like I growing, like obviously because university football is the goal. I think I put a lot of pressure on myself as a kid to really try to move on. I think to a point being critical is a good skill to have, but there's, there's such a thing as being overcritical. And I catch myself even doing it like in my later years. And it's like, well, there's, there's days where I'll watch film and it's like, I think I'm the best damn long snapper in the country. And then there's other days that's like, Oh, what the hell am I doing out there? Like, I look like I'm like doing nothing. And it's like, uh, it's a, it's sort of that thing. It's sort of like, just be, be ready to accept criticism. Don't uh, get too down on yourself. Uh, use every opportunity as a learning point rather than, you know, act as every day is going to be be all end all. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. Like, uh, like I, even, even my, even coach Cranny, my first game, I, I did retro my first year in 2013, but my first game is against the Western Mustangs of all teams uh, when they were ranked number one and <laughs> we were two and five, but uh, yes, I, I remember being really nervous in the locker room and coach Cranny, like, told me something really took the pressure off and I snapped a heck of a game that day even though like I was getting destroyed by a, a Bo Landry and Paul Karuba <laughs> all day um but yeah like uh that's kind of the one piece of advice I give just don't put yourself under a lot of pressure if you mess up once it's not the end of the world um and yeah just be 
be critical but not self-destructive critical i i think that's a, a really good point i don't uh, you mentioned earlier you know you when you were in the sooners you kind of realized that you didn't you know ask for help when you needed it and that's something that you know you were speaking with the coaches about when you came back do you find that within the locker room that's kind of like a mentality of you know because football is the quote-unquote you know be a man be tough do you think that players are a little hard on themselves and not really taking the opportunities they can whether that's speaking with a coach or a player or even like getting the tutor help that is available to a lot of players within the university athletics do you think players should be able to open up a little bit more i think that's a yeah i think we should be able to open up a bit more because like as i meant i had a lot of issues with mental health growing up but like i i was on the belief that in like you should be able to take care of it yourself rather than you know if somebody's giving you an olive branch take it rather than you know i'll figure it out rather than figuring out yourself um but i think it's something like like football everybody wants to be the guy everybody wants to be the man everybody wants to beat the man uh sort of mentality it's very like even though it's a team game there's it's a it's a team built of individuals and everybody wants to pull their weight and i think the guys who see themselves as stars maybe are too afraid to ask for help because they see it as a like a i guess a chink in the armor or something like that or people see it as a weakness rather than you know as a growing opportunity. And I think for a lot of players, especially in football, like uh, we have, like there's sort of this aura around us, even though like, if you're not a, like don't follow football, you know, generally athletes have to be tough or especially in a very physical sport. They're the ones that are like, they're the stoic ones. They're the ones that are going to, you know, got to get over any obstacle. And that's sort of the expectation. But uh, I think for a lot of players, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of talented players, you know, second guess a lot of things. I've seen all that. And a lot of times it's just afraid to ask for that assistance that they could probably guide them in the right direction. Oh, I, I definitely agree. And I think it's also tough because football is a competition against the team you're playing, but also a lot of it is a competition against, you know, some of your best friends. Like when I played receiver, like some of my best friends were receiver, but part of me wanted them to fail so I could obviously get the spot. And I mean, that's, that's definitely in this, like, and obviously not get hurt or, you know, get kicked off the team. But, um, and I mean, a lot of people struggle with grades, like, like you were saying, like you were and I, and I did as well, but I, I found right away that kind of when I talked to some of my teammates about it, they were all sort of in the same boat, but just no one really, you know, opened up about it. So no one really knows. Um, and in university sports, there's a lot of great things. I mean, what Western, when I was there, they, you know, you got better rates on books exchange and stuff like that. And there were tutors available. Um, and I'm sure York has a lot of the similar things. If you could, you know, add something to that um, to help players while they're there, or even help players transition from, you know, graduating to kind of, you know, again, I hate to quote it because it is the title, but life after football. Is there any piece of advice you could give to, you know, the athletic department or even just the university as itself? Well, I think York over the years, like obviously I've been there for a while, has made good strides in like uh, implementing the study hall program. Like we got a full-time academic counselor to help to keep on top of guys about this stuff, like uh, and give them strategies to figure it out. Like, cause I remember my first couple of years, like we had a study hall, but uh, it was pretty, I, I think bare bones is a little harsh, but you know, obviously it, it failed. It did end up not supporting a lot of guys. Um, but I think they've made strides to get that because I think this last year, obviously with my graduating class going through, um, like we had, I think we had the most guys in a very long time at York. Um, and then on top of that, like, I think after, I think for preparing for life after football is, you know, really kind of showing the career path you can get with your degree. 
because there's only so many spots in the CFL, the NFL, Europe, uh, arena football. There's only so many spots out, out there available. And, uh, you know, I, like, it's like the one thing I heard growing up all the time, you know, that people like, you know, if you're dreaming about playing pro football, like you have a better chance of being struck by lightning sort of deal. And yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, I think maybe, I think maybe like going, going through degree, going through majors or something like that and like kind of really point a career direction. Like I know for myself, I might get more detail about it. Like I kind of got into my major a bit more and work in labor studies, get more involved with professors and uh, get more involved with organizations and uh, you know, really trying to like hollow, like get a nice uh, career path for me built out of it. Yeah. And in talking about that, you mentioned, that uh, when you were younger, having some mental health, uh, some difficulties with mental health. And from some of the conversations we've had with people about life after football, that's come up a lot in terms of leaving the game, hanging up the cleats, and just realizing that it's such a drastic change in lifestyle, just from how regimented everything is when you're with the team, to how just physically active you are, to the way you're eating, to the camaraderie of the guys, all that. And that for a lot of people, and I know, I know Dakota and I've talked about it. We've experienced those same things in, in different ways. When we had hanging up, did you find leaving the game that that was burdensome in its own way, not just because you no longer get to play the game, but just how it affected you mentally? It's, it, it felt weird. Like right after our game against Queens, you know, uh, saying bye to everybody, you know, guys are all giving me a big hug and giving me a big old cry about like, Oh, I can't believe we're losing you next year. But uh it kind of it kind of hit me a bit afterwards, and you know, it, it's different going to a gym. It's different going to a varsity gym and working with guys who have a similar goal and wanting to get better, and then going to a gym where guys are on their cell phone for thirty minutes on the bench, and then it's it's obviously a much different uh, sort of deal, uh, obviously. And obviously, losing that is is kind of tough, and it's really tough to self motivate, I guess, in a way. But you end up finding a way, I guess, in, in some sort of way. Like, uh, it's sort of weird for me as a specialist, you know, because I, there's still a deep down chance, like maybe. It's like, you never know if I'm going to, like, I, like before I ended up, before this last season, you know, I was draft eligible back first in 2017. It was some clock, like the clock issues my first season being in 2014. Uh, a couple teams did interview me. And ever since then, I kind of always had this idea, maybe, just maybe I could get a call. But over the last two years, I haven't got, any interest, you know, I was maybe going to give it one more year, but obviously with COVID hitting, um, you know, obviously everything's uncertain, but uh, you never, I never know if I'm going to get a call, obviously, but uh, it's, it's tougher some days than not, because there's some days I use that to motivate me to really go work out, to really push myself, you know, you never know, or there's other days where I'm like, well, why am I trying this? You know, nobody was interested before this team drafted this guy, this team picked up this guy. Why are you trying this? Cause they're obviously not interested. And it kind of took me a bit here, here and there to kind of, you know, look at it and say, look like, you know, focus on, focus on things outside of football. If you want to get involved with it, get the coaching, like, you know, myself, I've kind of started a bit of a coaching uh, career, I guess, if like, uh, you know, being some, uh, being like a coordinator for some teams or being a positional coach for some teams, you know, my plans this season before it was canceled was become a grad assistant bit for special teams and all that at York. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's obviously like, I don't want to t entirely leave the sports, you know, in some capacity, but, uh, obviously not being on this, 
on the roster is a, is a big change that took some getting used to. So, uh, because that feels a lot more certain than a lot of uncertainty and a lot of stuff like outside of it. So not sure. Uh, not sure if that's kind of the answer you wanted or not, but <laughs> no, that's, no, that's, that's perfect. And, you know, I know Dakota mentions this uh, a lot and it, it's, it's so true how football and, once again, probably a bit different as a specialist because, you know, you can work on your snapping with, you know, whether you have a net or just get, you know, a buddy out there to, to catch for you. But football as a whole is a sport that is so hard to, to keep playing once you no longer, well, first of all, once you hit a certain age, it just really takes a toll on your body. Um, and then also it, just, it's, it requires so much organization. That it's not just like going down to the park and doing pickup basketball or shinny during the weekends or during the winters, I should say, um, or anything like that. And uh, that want to stay involved with the game manifests in so many different ways from, yeah, coaching to personal training to, you know, doing a podcast talking about it, right? Because it's, it's such, a, it's such a, an all-consuming thing when you're in it that uh, it, it is hard to let go. Um, you know, I, I do want to ask you though, because you might have seen on our social media right now, we're doing our top 100 mm-hmm. list that we're working on that for OUA guys. And uh, if I, you know, honestly, I can't imagine there's going to be any true specialists, at least in terms of the long snapping realm that make that list. It's a complete transparency on that. But if we were to do just a top snapper list from your t- going back, you can go all the way back to 13 to you know and maybe any guys you saw playing with the Sooners what's your top list where and where are you on that list I'll I'll shout out two guys I think that are really good right now uh I think the snapper of Queens Peter Adjay is very good I think that kid is is gonna go is probably gonna get a career out of it and potentially Blaze Barber at uh McMaster I'll shout out those two guys right there game recognizes game I'll put that (laughs) out there um but yeah uh trying to think of other ones over the years um you know joe i think joe reinhardt's at guelph you know obviously he's going to be a calgary he's that's going to be a skill that's going to get him you know obviously some other looks on i know calgary kind of currently has two snappers with uh pierre le caron and riley jones kind of backing him up but i think uh him having that value in that position and he's able to do it really well like seeing a first hand against guelph he's he's going to be phenomenal he's a phenomenal he first off he's a phenomenal athlete like uh, yeah. having that skill, having that athleticism, that position is, is scary. Um, but yeah, but yeah, he's a, uh, that's awesome. That's probably, probably my top three right there. If I was to go uh, that I could think of the top of my head right now. Well, for Job, he just takes after his older brother, Jake. Oh, yeah, same Jake, situation. Yeah. 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 Both got to play with both of them and uh, great family and just athleticism. Just, just there, there's absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm, I got Jake on Instagram and it's like, he's posting like his running times of like 10K. It's like, how is this possible? <laughs> I mean, I guess that's one of the perks for the, the snapper life and the kicker life too, is that you get a lot of time where it's like, Hey, you know what? Let's just go crush the gym. Let's just go, yeah, let's just, you know, d- you know, become monsters. You yeah, know, there's a reason, there's a reason I was second on the team of bench press. There's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. No, it's all, all right. That's excellent. We'll have to, that's good. We got our, we got our snappers down here cause they need all the respect that they, they can get. Cause as we talked about, it's a, it's underrated position. Um, so now let's just briefly kind of go over. Um, so what have you been keeping up doing? I mean, that's obviously been a strange year for, you know, the obvious reasons going on, but uh, you know, what kind of stuff have you been doing, keeping yourself occupied or in terms of looking, I know you mentioned you're still kind of having this dream of maybe getting a shot with, with uh, you know, football as a career, um, as, as a one possibility, but what, what other possible avenues are you kind of looking at now, uh, having left York? 
Yeah, I'll start. I'll start with the uh, the uh, education part. Like, I still got another year of my undergrad left. I'm going for my mm. honors. Um, I potentially looking at options for after that. Uh, like I mentioned, I had issues with my grades before, but once I got it all figured out, uh, once you're able to ask for the help, once you get the help, school becomes much, much, much easier. And my grades have been getting better and better to a point where it's like I could pretend I've been in an honors program now. Um, I potentially maybe looking at a postgraduate degree. So maybe looking to pursue that uh, to get into a more specialized field into what I want to do with and that, whether, whether it be going to law school, whether that be going to uh, going to Queens for a program there that works with specialized in work in labor studies and union sort of uh, management and uh, negotiations. Uh, that's something I've been kind of looking at right now uh, in terms of education uh, obviously, with careers that kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, outside, of, like this is all outside of football, obviously. Uh, but with football, like as I mentioned before, like I've, I'm keen on getting my coaching career started. Like I've always had a kind of an interest in coaching. My, my like my uh, my father himself, he coaches right now. I know he's probably going to be listening to this when it comes out. Uh, he coaches right now for the Canada Knights. He's been coaching since I was like 14 years old, uh, and he's always been. I think he's been a head coach for a lot of those years, and uh, you know kid like the kids he coaches loves them uh i think he's a really good motivator and all that the team's usually has takes over overperforms in a way and i guess that kind of rubbed off on me in a way because like i kind of coach now and people are always surprised at how well our defense does or something like that if i'm a coordinator or something like that so i'm kind of hopefully hopefully get the coaching bug and bring that uh and hopefully maybe get into a job of there or something like that which would be awesome uh, and then obviously, of course, you know, I mentioned it briefly with the specialist stuff, you know, obviously I had plans before COVID kind of, kind of took a shit on everything of that, but yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, obviously I had plans. Yeah, I was going to work on trying out, try to maybe crack a roster, maybe crack a practice roster. Maybe it's a lot of maybes. That's the only issue with it. Uh, is cause nothing's certain and team could easily just say no, but, uh, yeah, obviously go to open tryouts, which kind of like give it one more. I think I've kind of told myself I'll give it one more year before I really truly hang him up and, uh, you know, kind of do that. So, yeah. Well, I mean, that's brilliant. Keep the dream alive as long as you can, man. And, you know, with the shout out to the, the Canada Knights, I'll give another shout out to our friends at the 13th Man podcast, great hey. CFL podcast that had us on uh, a while back talking about the CFL draft back in uh, well it feels like 10 years ago but I guess it was only back in May uh, so shout out to the whole Ottawa region everything like that um, well that, that's brilliant man and you know we, you also mentioned before we got on that you're doing some uh, you're doing some twitch yeah, stuff yeah yeah I, before I mentioned I got a twitch going on right now uh, surprisingly got affiliated surprisingly got a bit of a, I've been just playing NCAA 14 oh that's uh, the great oh it's the, the it's, that is the goat football game right now <laughs> that, that generation and because er, everything's so uncertain in the states right now there's i'm getting a lot of people i got one guy from uh georgia right now who's demanding i do a georgia dynasty uh somehow because he's just desperate to, he's desperate for football action uh but yeah getting a good amount of following so that's mainly what i play on there maybe I'll, i'm debating on playing some other games and all that but uh, uh yeah but yeah if you want to check it out check it out no pressure <laughs> What's the, do they just look up your name or is it's, there? Uh, it's twitch.tv slash snappy underscore chappy. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, nothing, nothing ever beat playing NCAA 14 as Stanford when you play as the mascots and you're just yeah. 12 or 11 trees just running around <laughs> trying to tackle each other. Nothing beat that. Uh, oh, definitely yeah. one of the best football games there ever was. Um, well, Mac, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing some of the, you know, sharing your story uh, at York with the Sooners coming back to York 
and then sort of what you have going on right now. Really appreciate it, man. So, uh, you know, all the best for you and your family and keep that dream alive, brother. Thank you very much for having me, Zach. Thanks for Dakota. I, I love, appreciate what you guys are doing with the podcast, man. We definitely need more exposure for all your way out there. So appreciate it. We're you know, doing what we can to rep the culture, man. All right. All right. Take, take care. care. Right, take care.